Welcome to the BCS Podcast, where we explore the basics of computer science concepts. I'm your host, Saran, founder of CodeNewbie. And I'm Vaidehi Joshi, author and developer. And she is the brilliant mind behind the BCS blog series. Today, we're continuing our conversation on... Sorting algorithms. This season of BCS is brought to you by Dev Discuss. Dev Discuss is a show I work on with the team at Dev, an international supportive community for developers. The show addresses the many burning topics that pop up on Dev every day and is hosted by Jess Lee and Ben Halper, two of Dev's co-founders. Past episodes have included unpopular opinions with Kelsey Hightower, staff developer advocate at Google Cloud and a legendary voice in tech. So an unpopular opinion should be like, computers were a mistake. Was, <laughs> was this all worth it? And how changing your name is a difficult, unsolved, and sometimes personally devastating problem in tech. I basically walk through this world, through this minefield of not knowing when I'm going to have this like sort of deep emotional wound reopened. As well as how little known tools can have big productivity gains. And I think it gives me the sense of structure, which I really enjoy. And also you can color code different things. Each episode features interesting guests from diverse backgrounds who are active in the software space. This podcast is your place for burning tech questions, answers, and genuine conversations. And we also end each episode with commentary from the everyday developers who call Dev home. You'd be surprised how many things making music and coding have in common. True to the Dev community, Dev Discuss wouldn't be possible without the input from all of you. So listen, rate, and subscribe to Dev Discuss wherever you get your podcasts. So we talked about sorting algorithms last episode. We kicked off the conversation with what that was. Let's do a quick recap. What is a sorting algorithm? Well, a sorting algorithm is some way of organizing data. And when we talk about organizing data, we're talking about, of course, sorting it in some way. And when we are talking about sorting things, especially in the context of computer science, you can sort anything, but the things that you're sorting, whatever types of data, whether it's numbers or letters or objects or data structures of some type, they just have to be similar items. Mm -hmm. And a sorting algorithm lets you organize those similar items in some way. Okay. You'll remember from uh, last episode that we kind of talked about how the way that you organize items when you sort is through some sort of property, which, mm -hmm. you know, if you and I think about it, it's kind of obvious. Like maybe you are alphabetizing something or organizing numbers from smallest to biggest in some sort of order. You just have to have some sort of property that you're organizing mm -hmm. by because that's mm -hmm. how you're going to define whether you sort something one way or another. Yeah, so sorting by alphabet, sorting by date created, sorting by file size, that kind of thing. Exactly. Okay, cool. So we talked about how we can classify, I guess is maybe a good word, classify different sorting algorithms. And last episode, we talked about two in particular, two out of six. One was by time complexity. Can you remind us what that means again? Sure, yeah. When we're thinking about sorting things and thinking about in the context of time complexity, what we're really asking ourselves is how much time it takes to sort a data set with respect to its input size. So mm. if you are looking at a sorting algorithm, let's just call it algorithm X. When we're talking about time complexity, we're talking about what does this algorithm X do with respect to a data set of five items, 50 items, 50 million items, so on and so forth. Okay. 
And then the second one we talked about was space complexity, also space usage is another way of thinking about it. Can you remind me again what that was? Sure. So when we talk about space complexity, what we're talking about is memory usage. So how much space, how much memory we need, specifically extra memory, in order to sort input. So if you have a sorting algorithm and you have to sort the data, but you can't do it all in place, you maybe need a little bit of extra memory. Maybe you Mm -hmm. have like a set of data that you're going to copy over and then sort that. Or maybe you have some variables that you need to create to like have temporary references. Those are different types of memory usage. Sometimes it can be small. Sometimes if you're copying over a whole data set, it's a lot larger and then your sorting algorithm requires more space. So its space complexity is going to be different. Yes. And I remember that even within space complexity, we can classify it further by talking about in place versus out of place. Right. Yeah. So when we're talking about space complexity, the words that we use to describe space complexity, like if somebody was like, can you tell me the space complexity of this algorithm? You would say, oh, yeah, sure. This algorithm has to copy over all its data. And then it makes all of its changes on its copied version. That's an out-of-place algorithm, which kind of makes sense mm. when you visualize it, right? Because you're kind of like sitting in one place with a bunch of data and you're like, hang on, I'm going to copy a bunch mm. of stuff, make a whole duplicate, and I'm going to move this out of place. Mm. versus another way you could talk about an algorithm is an in-place algorithm, which operates directly on the input data set and changes it. And remind me again, I think we talked about how one was maybe safer than the other one or some of the the pros and cons of them. Yeah. So when you have an in-place algorithm, you'll remember that we are operating directly on the inputted data. We are not Mm. creating a whole copy. We're not transforming our data and duplicating it. We're mm-hmm. changing and sorting it right there. That's where it gets dangerous. That's what you're kind of like thinking. Right. You're thinking Once about it's gone. how scary it could be. Yeah. Because you, if you're doing it right there, if you mess up, well, or if something goes wrong, then that data set is effectively destroyed once you transform yeah. it. The out-of-place algorithm, the one where you copy over your data, that requires more space, but it's it's got this pro, it's got this benefit where it's a little safer because mm-hmm. you are copying your data. You're not operating on it. But again you're using more space. I think my default status when I'm doing things with my own files is is out of place always. I'm mm-hmm. like, duplicate, then we'll rename it or we'll modify it or we'll whatever. But I just have copies all over the place because I'm just so scared of permanently replacing or changing or accidentally deleting something and then never being able to get it. Even though I know I have like backups and time machines, still, still out of place just feels like the safer thing to do. Yeah, but then do you ever have to like, what happens when you're like hard drive fills up and it's like you're out of space oh i'm always out of space oh i'm constantly out of space. <laughs> constantly because i'm just imagining you make like six copies of a file being like oh, yeah. no 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 i need another one. Oh, this is a huge problem <laughs> <laughs> so i i'm just imagining you just are like well filled up this machine time yep. to go buy a new laptop <laughs> literally that happened like a month ago oh my god that's literally wonderful. got a new laptop because i was like i keep running out of space i think i'm just gonna get a lot more gigs oh Look, we're running out of space on this one, too. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's normal life. Uh, okay, so now we're going to talk about two new classifications of algorithms. The first one is called stability. What are we talking about when we talk about stability? Mm. 
So stability is an interesting, it's an interesting way of classifying a sorting algorithm because it kind of depends on a certain situation arising. And that situation is when you have a data set and you're sorting the things in the data set, right? And you're sorting the same way that we've talked about in last episode mm-hmm. and this episode. You've got a sort key and you're like, all right, I'm going to sort this by date or time or uh, let's just say for the sake of simplicity, I'll alphabetize. Mm-hmm. What happens when you have two elements that are the same? Uh, how do you sort them? Uh-oh. It could be fine, depending on how your algorithm handles it. It sounds like it's going to be a catastrophe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at the edge of my seat right now. <laughs> I know. I heard you go, uh-oh, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Wait. Did I make it sound really scary? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I have no idea what's going to happen. We have two fours in our data set. What will we do? <laughs> Just <laughs> abandon ship. We don't need the number four. Just get rid of it. Just forget the algorithm entirely. Just forget it. Just forget it. <laughs> We'll do some CSS. It'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, it's so the the fact that there are duplicates isn't bad. In fact, you know, if you think about most data sets, like, for example, if you have like users, it's a great Mm -hmm. example. And or if you have like guests on the Code Newbie podcast, maybe you have a, you know, a repeat guest or you have people who have the same name. I've had to rejig some code when that happened. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, the system did not account for that. Oh, did that really happen? Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. So, <laughs> so I went through a phase where, you know, the, the first few episodes, I'm like, oh, I'm sure everyone's first name will be good enough. And then, you know, I had like two Michaels or something. I'm like, crap, that's not going to work. All right, I got to add a last name. <laughs> and then <laughs> I had to like re, you know, rework the system to have first and last name. And then, like you said, I had a couple repeat guests. I invited people back and I was like, oh, God, this didn't work again. All right, I got to rejig things. So, yeah, yeah, I'm. I feel you. Stability sounds uh, sounds real nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, so what stability is, is when you have that situation arise, which as we've seen is pretty common, mm-hmm. you have to think about how you're going to sort items that are duplicates. Mm-hmm. Because really what we're looking at here is a situation where many different items in a list or in a data set could be kind of considered equal. Like if you Mm -hmm. have two Michaels, you could sort them equally if you're talking about alphabetizing them because they're equivalent. So you could put one before the other and you still would have a sorted set, right? Mm -hmm. Your set would still be sorted alphabetically whether you put one Michael first or another. Mm -hmm. So what stability is talking about, and when we talk about stable sorting algorithms, we're talking about algorithms that preserve the relative order of elements. Uh So what that means is when an algorithm sees two items that are equal in a sense or where the property that they're being sorted by is equal or Mm -hmm. has an equal key, it preserves the relative order in which it sees them. Mm. Another way of saying it is the order in which it encounters those elements as it sorts Mm. them. To that end, a stable sorting algorithm is one where the output is guaranteed to preserve the same original order of two elements. So Mm. an algorithm that sorts alphabetically and sees one Michael and then sees the second Michael will always preserve that original order of the two Michael elements when it sorts them. And it's going to preserve that order. But an unstable sorting algorithm is a situation where you could have two items, like the two names, Michael, that have the same key value, but there's no guarantee that they'll actually show up in the same order when Mm. you sort them. I hate when my Michaels show up in the wrong order. I really do. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think another great example of this is, um, I was just thinking about this earlier today. If you have like 
something like a deck of cards mm-hmm. and you are sorting the deck of cards and you have two fives, like the five of hearts and the five of diamonds. Mm-hmm. Your algorithm could probably see both of them and be like, oh, these are equivalent. I'm going to sort them. It doesn't matter how. That's mm-hmm. a not stable algorithm because mm-hmm. it saw maybe the five of hearts and then it saw the five of diamonds, but it sorts it and then the five of diamonds somehow shows up first, even though when it encountered it, it was the opposite order. Mm. A stable algorithm will preserve that same order. So if it sees the five of hearts before the five of diamonds, even though they're equivalent, it's going to maintain the order in which it's sorted them. Okay, I have many questions. All right. Question number one. For the unstable one, if it doesn't do it in the order in which it encountered it, then what is it doing? Because I feel like the natural, normal thing to do would be, oh, I see five of hearts first. I'm going to show you that one first. Oh, I see five of... Oh, crap. What are other suits? Spades? Uh, spades. spades. Okay, spades. Uh, spades. Clubs? Is that a thing? Clubs. Thank you. Five of five of clubs? Is that how you yeah. say that? Oh, what is English? Okay. Or clovers? Five of, I don't know. Clovers? No. No. Like that's just, the- you try to set me up, Vitey. You try to set me up on this podcast. That's what you're trying to do. <laughs> Okay. I'm trying to clubs. show everyone you don't know cards. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to go with clubs. Okay. Five of clubs. You know, if I encounter it second, the normal thing to do is to show it second. So I feel like for the algorithm to be unstable, it has to go out of its way to be like, Mm-mm, I'm going to mess with you. I'm going to show you the clubs first and the heart second, even though that doesn't make any sense. And it's probably harder for me. So like in what world or what situation would I encounter an unstable algorithm? So I won't give too much away because we'll probably talk about this in future seasons. But there are some algorithms that try to be like clever and rather than just see a data set and just sort through the whole thing. Mm Because we haven't even talked about how these algorithms work, but there's different approaches, right? So Mm -hmm. some of these algorithms that we may even actually be using under the hood in some languages, like, for Mm -hmm. example, the one that I'm thinking of is used in some parts of JavaScript. But some algorithms will have to be more efficient. So they won't just take one data set and sort it. They'll maybe split it up into pieces. So they'll like take a large data set, Mm -hmm. divide it, partition it, and then take a large unsorted collection, divide it into smaller collections, and then maybe divide those more and sort those and break them apart, which if you think about it just from an efficiency standpoint, Mm -hmm. it might be a little bit faster. I won't tell you how or why, but you might be able to imagine why that might be the case. But if you're taking a data set and you're dividing it up, and you're mm-hmm. sorting it in fragments, Yeah. then you don't have really the best sense of where that little piece mm-hmm. that you're sorting fits into the larger data set. So you might mm-hmm. combine pieces back together and be like, here's a sorted version. And then the algorithm might be like, all right, I'm going to zip up all the data that's sorted. Mm-hmm. But how does it know that the Michael it saw in this section yeah. is going to come before the Michael in that section? Or how does it know that the five of clubs... Oh, wow. Is going to come before the five of diamonds. I don't even know which suits you said now. I forgot. But (laughs) my point is, if you try to be efficient with some algorithms, Mm -hmm. you may not be able to preserve that relative order. And so now you're you have an unstable algorithm, which okay maybe maybe that's okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe you don't care. Uh, maybe you do care. Depends on yeah. what you're trying to do with that data set and what you're what you're sorting eventually for. Okay, another question. Mm-hmm. When we talk about 
it preserving the order in which it encounters it. What are we talking about? Are we talking about the way it was originally stored? Are we talking about, like, like as in, you know, the created at attribute, basically? Or are we talking about, um, you know, when it looks for the right data to collect, it finds it first? Like, what what is the encountering it part describing? I'm not entirely sure if it goes beyond anything except for when it actually goes to sort it. So if you give it just an unsorted data set, whatever that order is in, Mm. that's what we're talking about as the original ordering. The original unordering, if you can think about it (laughs) like that. Yeah. Like whatever way you give... Gave it to it. Yeah. Whatever way you gave the input to the algorithm, if it keeps that same relative ordering, that's what makes it stable. So you could be pulling that input from who knows where. Right. You could be saying, give me all the users, and that's just according to your database. doesn't matter. But whatever way you give the input to the algorithm, if it preserves that input when it comes to elements that are the same or that can be sort of the same, that's what we're talking about here. Okay. So it's kind of like when you go to jail and they take all your stuff. <gasps> what? And then they <laughs> – no, it makes sense. I swear. I, swear. I was like <laughs> – it totally, it totally works. Wait for right, it. Wait right. for I'll, I'll hold and, my breath. <laughs> and like they take your stuff and they put it, you know, in a bag or whatever. And then mm. when you get out of jail, everything you know, is the way that you gave it. Like the mm-hmm. way you sent mm-hmm. it off is the way you get it back. Yep. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like that's stable. Yeah. That's really stable. I've never been to jail just for clarification purposes. <laughs> <laughs> I just watch a lot of TV. <laughs> and it's always in the same condition. Okay. that's In that that's same little Ziploc bag, right? Same little Ziploc bag. Mm-hmm. Just as you left it. Stable. Okay. So what I think about stable and unstable, just even the word stable makes it sound like it's better. Is that necessarily true? Do we want stability in this context? I think it depends on whether you care about preserving relative order. If you're like, it doesn't Mm. matter if it's just like, maybe it's just numbers and you're just like, tell me how many uh, fives I have in this data set or tell Mm. me how many things happen on July 31st in this data set. If two things happen on July 31st, I don't care which one happened first or second relatively Mm -hmm. because to me they're equivalent, then it doesn't matter. So I think it depends on what your data is and what you want to do with it, if that makes sense. That does make sense. Okay, so we talked about stability. Next, we're going to talk about internal versus external. What is that referring to? Mm. So when we talk about internal versus external, we, as the name might suggest, are thinking about things that can be sorted internally or externally. Mm -hmm. That doesn't, I know, that's not helpful. That's not a good definition. (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to amend it. Don't worry. Okay. So when we talk about things being internal or external, what we're talking about is whether or not an algorithm can sort a data set easily in the machine's main memory Mm. or whether it needs to rely on some sort of external memory. So now we're really talking about like memory, so like RAM. (laughs) Mm-hmm, or like, mm-hmm. you know, main memory. Like we're, we're talking about that kind of memory now. Yeah, like real stuff. The real stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't just mean some variables, man. I mean like real data. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't even know what that means. That's I don't know fine. what I'm saying. I'm with you in spirit. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> My heart is in it. I'm just trying to make it seem more heavyweight, you know? It's <laughs> hardcore. <laughs> yes. um, but anyways, back to internal and external. Mm-hmm. 
if we're looking at a data set, especially like a large data set, and that's really when internal and external um, kind of comes into play. Because if it's a small data set, you're not going to need external memory, right? You probably could just handle it differently. Mm -hmm. But if it's a large data set, as in the real world it often is, you need to think about whether all the data that you're trying to sort can be sorted in the main memory mm -hmm. Or if it can't be sorted in the main memory, whether the sorting needs to occur outside of main memory. So, mm -hmm. for example, that might happen like on a disk or on a tape, which I don't really think tapes are used anymore. But this is like a relic of computer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I don't know what he uses. Nobody uses tapes. But back in the day. So if it could happen in main memory, mm -hmm. that's an internal sorting algorithm. Mm -hmm. And if it has to occur outside of main memory, if it has to use some sort of external memory like a disk, then that's an external sorting algorithm. Mm. The way that an algorithm has to store data while it's actually doing the work of sorting, that's that's how we classify if it's internal or external. Is that a decision that we need to think about very because when I hear about internal versus external in that way, I'm thinking, okay, it would need to be external if you know my my computer's really slow or like the system I'm using is really slow, right? And then I have to mm -hmm. delegate it mm -hmm. to something that's more powerful. But well, with today's machines and technology and like speed and power everywhere and all that stuff, is that really something I need to be concerned about? I would say no, because I think a lot of the algorithms that we use in languages are probably, a lot of them are internal because they can happen in main memory. Mm -hmm. And because sorting can happen in main memory, it's also faster access. And, you know, your data is, it's large, but it can still all happen within your main memory. But there are forms of external sorting that do exist. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, one of the more well-known ones is like external merge sort, where mm -hmm. there's a bunch of data that is kind of split up and sorted of like on a disk, and then it's merged back together and put back into main memory. So it depends on like your data set, but usually you're not really going to have to think about it. And if you're using a algorithm that is external, you know. Okay. It's not like you stumble upon it. You're like probably choosing it for that reason. Mm. But I think it's important to know that that is a classification. Okay. I don't really think it's one that we'll even be talking too much about, but it is a way to classify. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's a thing to know. It exists in it, the world, even though I may not encounter it. Yeah. And if you ever hear people talking about an external or internal sorting algorithm, then you'll know that they're talking about in the context of memory. Mm. Mm -hmm. And it's especially true when you're thinking about large data sets mm -hmm. um, out in the world. Cool. So we talked about two more ways of classifying our sorting algorithms and how to think about them. We talked about stability and internal versus external. Next week, we've got two more to go through. We're going to talk about recursive versus non-recursive and then comparison versus non-comparison. And that's the end of today's show. If you liked what you heard, leave us a review and make sure to check out Vitehe's blog post. A link to that is in your show notes. Also, make sure to take a listen to the Dev Discuss podcast that I help make. It's the first original podcast from Dev, a global community of software developers of all backgrounds and experience levels. And the show covers burning topics that impact the daily lives of programmers and beyond. Hosted by Dev co-founders Ben Halpern and Jess Lee. Vaidehi, you want to say goodbye? Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Um, if you have a... Actually, you know what? Please hold. Let me okay. just check. <laughs>